picture mirror the interview, which is that it's it's a casual, candid yeah. thing. So it's not going to be the greatest. You're not going to love that picture. So, so the last question, well, it might, it might be two questions, but the, the first question would be, and this is just personal, I'm considering just shooting, because I don't have to, I shoot for fun, mostly. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've, I've had a few of my things go on TV shows and magazines and things like that over the years, but nothing like you. And so I get to do it for myself. So I've been considering lately just going 100% film, you know, like everything I do, film. And, and, and to do the whole process myself, mm -hmm. to shoot it, develop it, and print it, not hybrid, you know, not with a scanner. What do you think about that? I think it's great, as long as you don't want to make a living. Right. It. Yeah. But yeah. No, I, I think it's great. I love it when people are totally analog. Mm -hmm. Ray Barbie, mm -hmm. he, he, he shoots only film okay. and only does darkroom work. Right. I mean... And I would send him photos, and I go, "Is this digital or film?" And mm -hmm. he goes, "You can't fool me." And and he would like figure it out every time. It was he's he's funny. real close to where I live. He's, yeah, um, I think he's he goes to that Cerritos College from time mm -hmm. to time. And, yeah, um, um, you know, because I think the way I think of it is, um, I feel like time is our only true enemy. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like the only thing we can't control is time. And so if you're going to photograph things, if you enjoy that way of photographing, you know, why not do that as opposed to the other, you know? Yeah. Because um, we only have so many clicks left. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, I mean, how many more images are you, is one going to make that stand out? Like, once in a while I'll, I'll shoot a skate photo and I go, oh, this is a good skate photo. Mm -hmm. But still I think my best photos are probably... Probably shot in the 80s and 90s. Why is that? I don't know. Just maybe personal preference and that mm. I knew what I went through and, and mm. uh, to get a photo or that it was film or that there weren't a lot of photographers. And, and mm. um, once in a while, I'll make an image now mm -hmm. that I really like a you lot. like it, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. but probably, you know, say the chin... <laughs> They'll be so soft on this thing. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> say a photo like the Miller pole cam or yeah. the animal chin forehand plants yeah. or the swank pushing or um, uh, Christian Asoy, the power slide, you know, black and white power slide. Yeah. Um, those images, I still have my own personal favorites. Yeah. And that they did come from, you know, an era that, I didn't have a lot of money and didn't know what I wanted to do and didn't know what the future held. Um, those those have extra meaning, you know, mm. to me. You know, that's fascinating to me. So the Del Mar photos, I was sleeping on a pool table mm -hmm. for eight months and tell me about that. Where had you, no money. Where were you? Because you're you're just you know couch surfing or something like that. Or well, what? we had the arcade there and mm -hmm. I didn't have a place to live, so mm -hmm. I go. I asked. We always had a night security guy. Okay. And because our, our remember when uh, security systems were like the silver tape on the windows and, <laughs> yeah. you know, there, the were, no, wire thing. there were no motion detectors no. and, and 
it was easier to break into that place and they could yeah. clean us out. So we yeah. always had someone oh, sleeping on the pool table. That's killer. And, you know, because we closed at 11 o'clock What the heck would night. you do if somebody would have came in there and tried to rip the place off? I don't know. You had a golf, <laughs> you had a mini golf club, you know. So I go, hey, can I do the night security? And I was, uh-huh. the, I was the manager in the pro shop and I was doing night security uh-huh. for eight months. And I saved my money for eight months. That's and then awesome. I moved in to an apartment with, do you know Brian Ridgeway? No, I don't know him. Oh, he was, uh, he worked at Tracker and we moved in together into an apartment in Solana Beach. Mm. And, but yeah, I, every night, well, we close at 11 and then we turn out the lights and we turn the light backs on, back on and all the locals would skate and we had like a, a bottle of rum in one guy's trunk and we'd oh. have rum and Cokes and play arcade games That's all night. Rad. And then I'd go to sleep. And I was eating at Denny's and whatever other restaurants around there, mm. taking showers at the, the trailer park that mm-hmm. was part of the whole thing and mm-hmm. doing my laundry over there. Mm. I did that for eight months. So What was that? Now, when you recall that, what was that like for you? Was it, was it you know, pleasurable or did you feel like no, you I suffered? No, I dug it. Or, I yeah. was like, I was living for free. Yeah. And I was, I was going to Palomar College during the day and then come back at five or six. So you're in your twenties or, or yeah, teens? in my twenties. Yeah, in my twenties. Before the the yeah, the magazine had just started mm. pretty much, and it sounds like paradise to me. Yeah, and then I had all my stuff living out of boxes. I, there was a storeroom in the back, and mm-hmm. and then Eric Grisham, he lived in uh, the slot car track room, which mm-hmm. was the next room over. Mm. So we hung out a lot together and. I yeah, that. I was just living the life. That's that. the way I looked at it. And I'd wow. go surfing every day, and wow. I just had all my stuff there. No mortgage, know? no... Uh, no, no mortgage, no living. kids, no wife, no anything, you know? Mm. Lonely. Yeah, true. <laughs> way lonely. <laughs> That's kind of rad. No, it was, it was cool. It was yeah. the 80s and, yeah. and having a good time, yeah. you know? That's pretty rad. And, you know, at that time... I didn't know what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to go on in school, actually, and mm-hmm. take art photography and mm-hmm. be an art photographer and, mm-hmm. and really starve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you, is there a facet? Well, you said portrait. You like portrait. I was going to ask about that. I like portraits. I love yeah. abstracts. I love, I love architecture. Yeah. You know, landscapes, yeah. just every, everything, pretty much. Mm-hmm. You know. This is... Um, Maybe this is the last question. So, but it's a, I want to get your input on this. So I, I took this. Do you still take classes at all? Do you ever take a class? I'll take a workshop down there. Yeah. I just did a workshop with a friend and uh, took platinum palladium printing. Oh, that's killer. Like last month. What did you think of that? I loved it. And I've done, I did a, a few years ago, I did a um, wet plate collodion workshop. I've done that workshop. Yeah. yeah. I did the giant Polaroid workshop at, Santa Fe, and then went on and did a whole series with it up in San Francisco. When you do those um, workshops, do that, does that filter into your other stuff? Your skate photography and your... Well, I took a workshop from um, Keith Carter, the art photographer, mm-hmm. fine art photographer. Mm-hmm. And I always loved his work. And, and I can see things filtering into my own work, you know, mm-hmm. like... Like even when I when I went to the Keith Carter workshop, he's one of the best fine art photographers in the world, and uh, he wanted to know like who were your early influences, mm-hmm. and I told him you know, like, well just Ralph Gibson mm-hmm. and Walker Evans, a lot of my stuff, you know, when I shoot, 
you know, uh, signage or, you know, on walls or gra graffiti or anything. I'm always thinking of, you know, Walker Evans and mm. then, you know, the black and white work and dramatic lighting and available light mm -hmm. and, you know, Keith, um, Ralph Gibson's mm -hmm. work. And when I told him those were my two biggest influences, he goes, yeah, I see that in your work, you mm. know. And I mean, he could pick it out, you know. That's that, killer. And you're not, you're not stealing. You're no. just, you're like a sponge, especially in the beginning. You're just trying to like, I don't know mm -hmm. what I am, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't know what my, my style is. And, mm -hmm. and, and then it ends up just, you, you see one thing that, you know, just goes off in your brain. You go, whoa, I really like that look. And, mm -hmm. and you might, it not, might not even be uh, that you know it. When it happens, okay. it just, it's... You, you know, don't intellectually... Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You just go, oh, I, I guess I'm a little bit like that, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, history, I look at the masters and I go, everything's pretty much been done, mm -hmm. I think, in art. And, and everything seems like a rehash. Does it, is that a frustrating thing or what does that mean no. to you? No, it's just things go in circles, you know? Okay. It's all a cycle. So you get yeah. sick of a certain thing, and then you discover some other thing that you that fascinates you, and then you get into that and well, it's like that. what I said about like about cutting down on my lighting and stuff. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. and I I would look at people that mm -hmm. do available light, and, and I go, wow, it worked for them. You yeah. know, you can do astonishing yeah. things. Yeah, they didn't have strobe lights. Right, they didn't even have light. They had candlelight. Right. You know, like the um, I, I took a workshop from this guy Rodney Smith, who was a fashion photographer, and he showed us in his slideshow. He didn't show us his work at first. He showed us Vermeer, okay. you know, and Vermeer lighting, you know, okay. and and you know, really classic lighting that painters used. And right, those are some of the most beautiful lighting. And that guy, that guy showed us one photo mm -hmm. out of two hundred photos that he had done with a strobe. And it was inside of an airplane, so he kind of had okay. to. And uh, everything else was done with reflectors mm -hmm. and available light. And, mm. you know. What, for you, when did you, you know, it's a corny thing to say, but when did you see the light? You know, like, when did you really get lighting? School. Yeah. 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 Because I had somebody teaching me, and, and it's been done, you know. What I like, I don't think you have to go to school to be a good photographer, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of good shortcuts. Yeah, you know, and a lot of resources are, there. Yeah, and a lot of people, I mean, you get to use cameras. You, that's where I used my first 4x5, yep. my first medium format. Yep. Their, their beginning black and white class back then, you had to rent a Yashica Matte G <laughs> and shoot medium format. That's killer. And right away, it's like, those, well, yeah. I'm pretty much going to have to use a tripod. Mm -hmm. And that that's again it slows everything down yep. and isn't that the one you're looking down the top of it? Yeah, yeah. So everything's backwards. And then my yeah, and then my yeah. Mamiya is the same camera but a better camera right. and better lenses and everything. I've right. still got it sitting on my desk. Mm -hmm. And I still shoot with it now and then mm -hmm. and and uh yeah, school is like a great thing, but some of the best skate photographers didn't go to college. Right. You know, right. they learned it out in the streets or on their own or mm -hmm. took a few workshops maybe or, mm -hmm. um, but you know, I've been in photography for 40 years and I'll tell somebody, yeah, I'm going to a workshop this weekend. Oh, what are you teaching? And I go, sure. no, I'm, of course I'm, I'm taking the class. Absolutely. And they're like, what, what are you taking a class? Yeah, this guy, 
like the Keith Carter workshop, I tried to get into it for two years and it was sold out the first year. And I went the second year and, and I've taken two classes from him that mm -hmm. were pretty much the exact same class. But you're just with this dude that's a yeah. master, you know, in his field and, yeah. and he studies art. He, yeah. When he was a kid, well, his mom shot, she had a photo studio yeah. and he used to sleep on the floor in her dark room when she was printing. Wow. And then when he was 18, he graduated and he got a bus ticket to New York. He had written letters to MoMA mm -hmm. and said that he wanted to come look at these certain photographers, you know, like mm -hmm. stuff from the 1800s and early 1900s mm -hmm. and, and kind of talked his way in and got they to let go. him do that? Yeah, I mean, you know, wow. he put on cotton gloves when he was 18, you wow. know. And, and then he ends up as a teacher and, and one of the guys I kind of look up to and just just a rad person, you know. But it was all, he was into music, he was into art, he was yes. into painting. He's, he gets to know people and takes their photos. And, right. I feel um, that that's a huge part of it, isn't it? Don't you feel that a photographer, a lot of it is what music they listen to and what pictures they looked at. And yeah. Well, I, get, I mean, I get stuff from movies I watch mm -hmm. and books I read and, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, magazines I look at and mm -hmm. looking at books of... Art's transferable know. that way, isn't it? In, in the sense that there's negative space in the music and these CDs and these records and there's composition in, as, as well and, yeah. and, and in stories. And well, and then how you, how you make photos. Lots of times you're listening to music and... And when you're in Photoshop, you're listening I edit to music, music and yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. you, or when I do a slideshow, mm -hmm. I'll hear a song and I'll go, oh, that'd be perfect for a slideshow. Mm -hmm. That would just go with it. And that would go with this art photography I want to do or this skate photography. Or, mm -hmm. And then I'll change the music partway through. And, and right. you know, as it gets, yeah, I would start out with kind of just kind of easy stuff yeah. and classical stuff. Yeah. And then getting into the intense stuff and then the music gets, you know. Right. right. It's like it's like making a film, but it's all it's all stationary images, static mm -hmm. imagery. Now when you, know? you took the um I'm almost done. When you took the class, how did you get something out of him? Like I'll take a class from somebody and if I really respect them as an artist, you know, I'll um sometimes I'll ask them to do a podcast and that helps. But how did you get what you wanted out of him out of that teacher well i i get inspiration out of it and that it's not in my field yes you know yeah i like that part of it yeah and i don't tell him what i do either okay because so you like to be anonymous i like to but it never ends up that way <laughs> like even with keith carter he came to me after like two days and he goes hey grant um i've got this young friend he's like just in <laughs> I don't like to talk in front of my wife. Uh-oh. I'm kidding. <laughs> what? She bought me a barbecue for oh. Father's Day. Oh, how wonderful. Yeah, I know. Because we were cooking off a little hibachi gas Old one. school, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, so after a couple of days, he comes to me. He goes, Grant, I've got um, a young friend. It was like a high school kid that was yeah. taking a class there. Yeah. And... His dad owns a gallery in Tucson that sells my work. And he came to me and he said, Mr. Carter, do you know who you have in the class? <laughs> I guess the kid had seen the, the list of people on yeah. the board. 
He recognized he your name. Yeah, and he goes, you've got the God escape photographer. You are. <laughs> That's what he said <laughs> to Keith Carter. And he goes, would you mind coming to lunch with us and talking to him? He wants to pick your brain. What did you think of that? And I was like, yeah, sure. But I knew right away what that somebody had was a skater yeah. or somebody who had yeah. known something. Yeah. And it's just a little embarrassing at first. Yeah. And then, uh, how old did you say the, you are? I'm 63. How many 63-year-old men have the respect of, like, some kids? I don't know. Not a lot. I mean, your kids don't respect you that much. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, and so I had lunch with him, and then I met one of the other professors yeah. there, had lunch with us, too, and uh, he runs the photography department at Pasadena Arts Center. Okay. And then... Um, and then, so I sat down with them and had this, you know, talked to the kid and answered mm -hmm. his questions. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of the workshop are like, we'd go on a field trip and say, mm -hmm. Grant, get in the car, you know? And so it opened that door, yeah. you know? And yeah. I actually, and then when I took a second workshop in Palm Springs with him a few years later, I mean, I'm going to dinner with him and stuff right. like that. So, right. you know, it's just, it's a weird business. It's and but it's I think it's like any other business. It's all who you know yeah. and and you make all these connections over the years yeah. and you don't know how you know what's going to lead to what right. and you know they might lead to jobs in the future or right. or you marry their kid or you know their daughter or whatever, For sure. you know. It is lot of who you know, and, you know. Yeah. And the worst thing is to burn bridges and sure. and get pissed off about Right. stuff and you know be egoed out to where mm -hmm. you let your ego you know get ahead of you you know you're just a I always look at myself I'm just a photographer I'm not the skater you know mm. Mm. I mean they're the ones that are really they're responsible for my success is the skateboarder you know yes but but you did you if I were a skateboarder I'd be glad if somebody like you were capturing me though because it could be done in different ways. I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you certainly have, a, for me, a wonderful aesthetic. Mm, thank you. You know, um, you know, when I first met you at Bill Billings' house, I was there with, like, my D70 and probably a kit lens, you know. And I couldn't believe you were there, I mean, because I, I had always seen your photographs and respected your work. And I was, you know, intimidated. And you came up to me and you were talking to me. And, you know, you made me feel very at ease. So it's a testament to what you just said, I mean, that... <laughs> You're not some raging egomaniac walking around telling people, you know, that they should get out, you know, give it up or whatever. Yeah. I mean, always supportive, always. Now I don't know what to say, though. It's, it's changed. <laughs> Why is that? Because I told you just how everything's changed. You know, the yeah. delivery system. Yeah. You know, where magazines have gone and then you've got some 16-year-old kid, I want to work for a magazine. Right. I don't know what to say. And I've told other teachers that. And... They go, dude, tell me about it. It's it's hard. It's like you don't know. But, There's so much competition. Yeah, I know, and, I know. And it's so, everything's fleeting now. It's right. like images don't stay with everybody. You, know? you, you raised some great points. I mean, but don't you think that even if you were coming up now that you would find a way to make that work somehow? I don't know. Really? I don't but know. I feel like you have something that other people don't have. Well, it's... The one thing I tell kids is to never give up. Mm -hmm. And you know, I had a teacher. I had a really great teacher at mm -hmm. Palomar, mm -hmm. this guy, Kean Wilcox. Mm -hmm. and, but the head of the department, these are the days when they were just 
walk through the dark room and go, hey, I, I, wanna, I need eight students to sign up for this print, archival print workshop. Okay. And so I signed up for his archival workshop. Right. And this is my first semester there. Wow. And it was for like one unit or something. Archival prints, but, you guys are doing like fiber paper? Yeah, fiber paper wow. and like, like selenium toning wow, and all yeah. sorts of stuff. And, yeah. And double fixers and just yeah, all this that's crazy. That's a lot of processing. Yeah, yeah a lot of processing. <laughs> way, way nerdy, you know. And uh, so I sign up for it, and he comes over, and I'm working on a print. And this guy was an old bastard. And uh, I won't say his name because uh, he's dead. Yeah. And, uh, and he goes, yeah, this is all wrong. And he comes in, and he takes over my print, and he starts... Uh. He pulls out his pen light and starts burning uh, with a pen light no and everything, God. and then goes, and then months. and then gets done with it, and then he looks at the one I had done. And he goes, "You know what? I don't think you have a talent for this, and you should probably get out of photography." <laughs> this is my first semester there, and I'm what just like, "What did you think about that?" Oh, I was like, I was speechless, You're devastated, and then, or, yeah. well, and I was really, I had already gone gotten a relationship with my teacher, yeah, and I told him what the dude said. Yeah. the head of the department and he went he was kind of the young well he's kind of an upstart and he went to the guy and bawled him out he goes that's one of my best students and you just told him he has no talent and and he told me he can't yeah i i and then i never took a class from that guy mm. and when he retired then i took the classes that i hadn't mm. taken it's a shame and it's a shame. yeah he was just an asshole yeah you know and yeah. and uh and i think so I always tell people, you got kids, you yeah. got to just, if you know you want to do it, just mm -hmm. do it. And don't take, mm -hmm. that's just one person's opinion, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Right. And a lot of people, and then a lot of people that, you know, work in the magazine, you get hate mail and, and mm -hmm. even with like uh, trolls now on, on yes. social media and stuff. Yes. It's like, what are they doing? You know, we get letters like, your magazine sucks. Yeah. And, and they'd have like a phone number on them, and I would call them. I'd go, "Hey, I just got a letter from you," and they're yeah. like, uh, yeah, "This is Grant Britton at Transworld," and they're like, uh, 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 "You know, really? Yeah, it's like That's now awesome. when I've I've been trolled a couple of times, and I've contacted people. What's the point of trolling you? What, what it's they just I don't know. Is it's it hateful people, or yeah, it's a mental illness, I think. Wow. You know, but then you're like, what have you done? You know? Yeah. You know, when I worked at the magazine, you know, like, I do a magazine every month. Yeah. I, you know, take, fo fo you know, I shoot photos and and I shoot some of the best people in the world. And they're like, what do you do? They don't right. do anything. Were they just jealous? Were they trying to yeah, just people take you down somehow? Or? People are stupid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. People are lame. And then with social media now, it's like so easy to do. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, there's that anonymity, you know, where mm -hmm. they don't know who you are. and Right. You know? Right. They wouldn't say that to your face. No, no. That makes them... Because they might get punched in the face right. or something get by out. somebody. Yeah. yeah. You know? But, sure. you know, I've had people say stuff on, on certain things I put up, and then, and then I've had other people go in and go after them, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. and, you're go and they dig it. They get off on it. Mm. They're just getting off on... Is it know, attention? Just trying to get attention? It's attention, but then yeah. they're totally anonymous, you know? So, mm. I don't know. It's just weird, weird stuff. Mm. And it's just their point of view and, and opinion. And, right. you know, what are you doing? You know, right. do you do anything? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. It's That's like crazy. they're sitting in their pajamas in the basement. And, right. You know. Right. 
and they're just putting out bad vibes. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, I mean, what is it? It's better to, you know, fail at something than to never try it. You know, right? I think that's the truth. I do too. Because people that just went up against all odds are the people who finally succeed at something. And it seems something. like when things really suck, things get really good after that. Mm -hmm. Like when skateboarding died, then the, like what came from it was better. And yeah. You know, sadly, when all the parks died, the thing that came out of that was a good thing. You know, street. Yeah. I mean. Well, street came out, and then, <clears throat> and now the parks are unbelievable. Right. A lot of them, if they're built, you know by skaters, for skaters, you yeah. know, like good designs and stuff. Yeah. The parks in the 80s weren't that good. No, people, they were kinky and lumpy. Yeah. And... People go, oh, they should rebuild Del Mar. Mm -hmm. And it's like every skater that skated there, except better, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like Tony would tell you, except better. If they built Del Mar, because I've talked about this with my Skatopia friends. Did you ever go to Skatopia? Uh, no. Okay. No. Um, I didn't have a car. Right, that's a, that's yeah. a hall. That's a hall yeah. from here. Uh, did, you know, would people, after the whole beginning brouhaha, would people ever ride it again? They would ride it now out of, it would just be like, like this cool thing to ride, you know, uh -huh. ride. You yeah. know, back then, you know, there were some bad, I went to some bad parks. and Which ones? Um, Paramount. Oh, yeah. Like, had like one good thing. Every park had one good thing. True. And then there'd be four bad things. Did you go to Concrete Wave? No, I didn't have a car. Right. I started going to skate parks when I worked at the skate park. Right. And I would take the team to Aspo contests. Yes. And then Castle okay. contests. Well, well, then maybe uh, Big Aspo. O? Did you go to Big O? Or? Yeah, I went to Big O. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you like over there? I didn't skate it. Oh, okay. But, but yeah, it's. I just like that holiday bowl, the big old little thing yeah. in the corner. But just way they can build everything perfect now. I know. You know? I know. Or they're like, still, it's like, all you got to have is a good street course. Mm -hmm. Like, Poods has a fun pool yep. that everybody can ride. Yep. It's not too big. Mm -hmm. And then they've got a good plaza street thing going. And the, it's know? amazing how that one's separated from the pool, too. Yeah. No like, a lot of people don't even know the pool's there. Exactly. Like, I'll, I'll meet somebody there that wants to do an article or whatever, and I go, yeah, meet me at Poods, and they're like, I can't find you. I'm down at the pool. Oh, there's a pool? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. There's no boards going into the pool. Yeah. You know. But, no, there's, kids have it made now, you know. I know. I know. I mean, I don't know how many parks are in San Diego County now. Right. When, when we were doing ASPO, there were nine skate parks in Southern California left. Hmm. What was left? Do you remember? Um, Reseda. Yeah. Paramount. Mm -hmm. Big O. Um, Upland. Yep. Colton. Del Mar. Oasis. Whirling Wheels, I think, in Escondido. Mm -hmm. Another one somewhere. I think I remember nine skate parks. Not Winchester, did you? Uh, that wasn't part of ASPO. Oh, it wasn't that. Okay. It was all Southern California. Okay. Um, I don't think Winchester. Uh, it might have been there. I don't know. But, yeah, and then there was that time when it was all skater-made stuff after that. Right. When they when Upland got buried, yeah. that was the end of it. Was it, it like 86 or something like that? Or yeah, or 87. 87 or something like that? Well, no, it was after Del Mar. Del Mar got bulldozed in summer of 87. Okay. But now it's like, 
That's why kids are so good now. They have so much stuff to skate. Yeah, access. You know, we used to have to pay three bucks for two hours. You know, which yeah. is why we all got jobs at skate parks to yeah. so we could ride. I know we had Del Mar was three bucks for two hours and five bucks all day. All oh, right. And you had to get a ten dollar membership, I think. Okay. And then if somebody bought a hundred dollars worth of stuff from the pro shop, mm -hmm. I would give them a. We had discount cards for like ten sessions. Wow. It's like so, a fortune. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't have the all, all day thing at Skatopia. It was just three bucks every two hours. Really? Yeah. Yeah, we had five dollars a day and That's people killer. would drop their kids off when we opened and Day then care. pick them up when they closed. <laughs> they'd leave them a sack lunch or a couple bucks for the snack bar. Right. Or they'd go over to Denny's okay. to eat. That was over there. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. it was there was a, a funny time, you know. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And you could, back in those days, you could do, get away with a lot of stuff, too. Yes. There were no rules no, everywhere. It didn't seem like there were any rules. Yeah. I don't know if it's just because of our age, but it didn't seem like there were any rules. And there was nobody telling you what to do. No. Well, when, when skateboarding died and we were at the skate park, yeah. I, I had to keep, my boss made me keep the skate park open till 11. Okay. Unless oh, it was raining. Really? Yeah, wow. 11 every night. Wow, that's killer. So we'd have those lights on and everything. Yeah. There'd be two people skating. You know, music then, blasting. Yeah, we had music over the little bullhorns yep. that sounded shitty. Right. You know, the radio. Ninety one X or somebody. Yeah. You know, one of those stations. Or, yeah. Or we even our sound system was a microphone, and yeah. we put a rock or a brick on top of the oh, to key it on on the key on uh -huh. and put it up against the speaker. <laughs> right? And that's how we really? play the music. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was killer. like so lo-fi. You know. That's awesome. It was funny. <laughs> It was hilarious. <laughs> Ours but, was located in the gear room. Yeah. Yeah. But we had, like, we had it to ourselves. It was like, it was definitely like a, our own clubhouse. I know. You know? And, I know. You were kind of raised at the skate park, right? I mean, you kind of lived there, right? Yeah. And then kids, you know, they'd get dropped off. And, like, moms, I'd have to work, um, like, part of Thanksgiving or Christmas. And because I was, I was making the schedule, and I always yeah. felt bad about putting somebody on a holiday so oh, I would work right and but then a mom would bring me like a turkey dinner and stuff oh, wow. and you know her drop off her kid and oh yeah and here's some stuffing and a turkey and <laughs> you know it was like cool and I'd get Christmas presents and that's killer because you know well, you were I, a manager then so I was the manager yeah. of the pro shop and yeah and uh and pretty much the skate park and then there was a manager over me that did the whole serpenter the like driving the general, range the general manager. And, yeah, he was the miniature golf guy, okay. Wayne Searle. And, okay. and uh, yeah, but I mean, they knew their kid wasn't going to get beat up there. Yeah. Probably not use drugs. Right. You know, there. Right. Not drink there. Right. And, uh, you know, it was like we kind of knew, you know, we protected a lot of kids. Yeah. A kid got mugged out on the miniature golf course, and I. Mm. And then he came back a couple of days. The guy came back a couple of days later. Really? He was a, well, he's a carny kid from the oh, fairgrounds. Oh, yeah, okay. That's... And I chased him down and caught him and then called the cops and turned him in. <laughs> that's killer. He stole this kid's gold chain. And wow. He wasn't even a skater. He was just some kid. And, like, back then, you just did wow. stuff like that. You I catch, know. You kept shop, catch shoplifters and then, like, just kick them out. You wouldn't call the cops. You can't even, do you know that you can't even do that now? I know, you can't. You can't. Yeah. If you own a store and somebody comes in, they're shoplifting, you have to, like, you can offer them a bag. You can yeah. talk to them. But you yeah. literally cannot, like, touch them and say, yeah. stop stealing. Back then, you would. No, yeah. I looked out and the guy was running across the 
parking lot. Like mm-hmm. I told somebody, I go, hey, challenge that guy into a, because you know, kids would just hang out at the arcade. <laughs> challenge that guy to a, a game of pool. Okay. And then I went around to the payphone outside <laughs> to call the cops. And then all of a sudden I see the guy running across that big dirt field by yeah. Del Mar. And I just like started jamming. And I, <laughs> he was like, I was probably 20 something. And he was yeah. like, 16, 15. Oh, he's probably scared shit. And he turned around and like tried to punch me and I just like <laughs> got his arms locked up behind him, you know, and and then the cops came and took him and then wow. the cops went over and checked where he was living. He was living in a trailer or something and found a bunch of stolen stuff oh. from other places and Wow, it's like a movie. Yeah. Like and a now movie. you couldn't do that. You no. get you get sued and I was uh, fifteen when I worked at Skatopia and um you know, like if a kid broke his arm, you know, I I would go out there and Okay. I would go out there and, um, you know, put a cardboard splint on him and yeah. I'd break the bag and I'd put the thing on there. And somebody That's what else my called. son does. Oh, does at he? The, at the Y, yeah. Okay. He works at the Y in Encinitas. But nobody trained me how to do that. We had to take CPR classes. Oh, okay. Yeah, we took CPR. I had a little card and everything. Okay. Well, you guys are much more official than us. We were just like... Yeah, because it was, ra- it was run by or it was owned by a group that had been investors from Newport Beach. Mm-hmm. She was a banker. Okay. And then she had other investors like doctors and stuff. So they kind of did it right. Yeah. Skatopia was a little more. Well, they right. owned everything. The trailer park, okay. the tennis club, the driving range, the miniature golf course. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, that makes but we sense. used to get few injuries and then we got the highball. Do you remember highball? I know the I know the guy who's his father Gordon, invented. Gordon. Yeah, Sean Gordon's yeah. dad invented highball. Yeah, we had highball games and my mm-hmm. my boss was like he was an investor in that, I guess. Mm-hmm. He was really into it. Mm-hmm. We used to get a lot of injuries on that. On the highball? Oh yeah. Hear that, Sean? Bre- broken ankles. He used to play and... keyboard in my in my band. Oh really? Yeah. I remember a kid had braces and he got his braces hung up on the netting oh my and like ripped out a couple of teeth and like yeah it was like crazy and guys would like be bouncing and their knee would go up and hit them right in the eye socket wow. but then when once uh i think some skaters took a dump in, uh-huh. it, in it and these jocks got in and started bouncing around a lot of jocks would go play that and they were like turds floating around and in, in the on the trampoline Are you serious? yeah and then they came in and they go oh there's shit in the Highball game, and I'm just like, and guess who has to clean it up? Me, of course. Right. Yeah. No, it was like weird, weird, weird stuff back then. It's crazy, huh? It was funny. I mean, like you could never. Oh, we had rattlesnakes. A guy got bit by a rattlesnake once on the miniature golf course. Just because of the surroundings, there was. Yeah, because you're right on the river there, and it's all sagebrush, and you know. Yeah, wow. guy reached in to get his ball out of a hole and a little baby rattlesnake oh bit him on the finger. Wow. And yeah, just stuff like that. That's rad. Yeah. Different dynamic than Skatopia. Yeah. But a lot of no rules, too. Yes. You know, just like, oh, it was yeah. like yeah. survival of the fittest, fend for yourself, pretty much. <laughs> Lord of the Flies, huh? Yeah, no helmets, no, you know. I mean, they had helmets at the skate park, but people didn't wear helmets when they rode bikes and, no, you know. Did you guys have after sessions? Oh, yeah. yeah. Those are those ones. We'd turn out the lights right. and then turn them back on. And right. It would just be like eight locals just, you know. Sometimes no buckets, right? No helmets. Oh, and no, right. never any helmets. Right, just like, riding around. When my boss wasn't there, he didn't know what was going on. Right. So. Yeah, we had that at Skatopia, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like Lord of the Flies, <laughs> you know? It's like, <laughs> you know? 
it's like you just it was did. great right don't you think i mean I, at least, oh i loved it yeah it was one of the greatest times of my life yeah yeah working at the skate no my 20s were fun were so mm-hmm. much fun yeah I wish I could have, you know, had a skate park when I was a kid, you know. Right. Then we were just riding down hills on our butts and yep. doing coffins Catamaran and stuff. And, Catamarans. Yeah, coffins, yeah. yeah. On clay wheels. Right. You know? Black Knights. Yeah. I had a Black Knight. <laughs> yeah. That's Laura's board. Really? From when she was a kid. I didn't even know she had it. And then she brought it home from her parents once. And I was like, well, you didn't tell me you had that. Last time I saw one of those was at the uh, Skateboard Hall of Fame. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, thank you so sure much thing. for talking. I, uh, I have a million more questions, so we'll have to arrange another podcast okay. someday. Nerd out a little more. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's never ending. Like, yeah. Well, I get asked questions when I give a slideshow and I do Q&A and stuff, and people you know, are like asking you know, mm-hmm. camera questions and film yeah. questions, and I'm looking at other people that are just like, Oh, photographers yeah. love it. No. Yeah. Well, it's when, when I, uh, I mean, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I do, when I list uh, te- technical information on Instagram, some people just get off on that stuff. Totally. Like, the, you know what Beers and Cameras is? No. You know that group? No. You can look at Beers and Cameras. Those dudes, all they care about is camera and film. Yeah. And yeah. I follow a lot of sites like that. The and, process of it all. Yeah, and just... I don't know. They don't want to be digital. They don't want right. it because everything's digital. Right. And they, they're more into the craft. And yep. They like beer, too. <laughs> so it's craft beer and craft photography. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's called Beers and Cameras. And you can develop film in beer. You can? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can take a beer and or, vitamin C. I can't remember the third thing. And you can develop film. Really? Yeah. Because I know you can, I've toned with coffee and tea yeah, before. Yeah, coffee and the, right. Tea's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's I've fun done stuff. photography with, um, like, old, was it old Dectol? And done yeah. solarizing and then old Dectol. Mm. And you get, like, a b- weird brown tone. And, right. Yeah. You've, of course, you've done cyanotypes and all that stuff. Yeah, and, uh-huh. Yeah. Not in a long time. Right. That was always stinky, though. And so, it's just so long. Was it sepia the, tones or what, what was this? Smelled like rotten eggs. That sounds like sepia, yeah. 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 Shana, what always frustrated me with that stuff was just the, um, took so long to, you know, make your exposure. You know, I use the sunlight. Yeah. And then, oh, uh, you mean like solar, like sun printing and yeah, stuff? Yeah. Yeah. That's what we did with the, um, the platinum palladium. Mm-hmm. That was solar. Mm-hmm. But even now they've got these little boxes. This guy in Orange County makes mm-hmm. these, it, it takes a light reading from the sun. Mm-hmm. Like, like minutes long, it'll tell you mm-hmm. like how long to leave it out. Oh, it seriously? Used, yeah. Because that's the and hard And there's a part. guy and he makes, and it looks like this weird little analog box. Huh. It's got a couple of switches on it. Wow. And it's amazing. That's it, killer. It will give you a number and then you do it, you match up the number and it'll tell you, you know, five minutes hmm. in this sun. If it's overcast, it gives Because you, you look know. at that when you're putting your emulsion on, you're looking out the window like, yeah. is it, Overcast today? Is yeah, it well, you do, a, you, we do a contact sheet, mm-hmm. like a test strip first. Okay. We'd go out and do a test strip and see, like, maybe four or five, you know, at five minutes, you take it, you move it over, and mm-hmm. then ten minutes, you know. Right. And then, yeah, just like you're doing so a you, test just strip. Just like a test strip, you yeah. Can, that's how you would normally do it. Right. And then you do one of those and then just kind of go with the... 
figure out what the best time was, and then right. the sun, say the clouds. As long as it's not a semi-cloudy day, yeah. then you're okay. But we did we did cloudy day, and it's mm-hmm. still, but it just takes longer. Right. right. And uh, yeah, I did a really neat image. Mm. It was just a negative off of one of my photos. That's killer. Yeah. That's killer. not a skate photo. Yeah. So. Well, I'm gonna turn this off. Okay. Thank you, Grant. All right. Thanks.